coming. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 82 of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. We got a lot to get on into. Ladies and gentlemen, our Bailey, the heel turn, and a whole lot more. A couple of hot takes. So we're about to hop right on into this thing. Feel free. You can find me at linktr.ee slash to sweet pod. That's where you can find all my listings for this podcast. So we're going to get right on into this thing. Best thing, funniest thing, best thing of the week last Saturday, man. It was just a bonanza of wrestling, AEW All Out, New Japan Royal Quest, NXT UK. Like at some point, at one point, and then you had CM Punk Best in the World interview. At one point, I was watching three things at one time. It was hard, but it was great at the same time because NXT UK, I was running straight up with New Japan Royal Quest. It was bangers after bangers after bangers. Great stuff Saturday. AEW was awesome as well. Funniest thing of the week. A little bit of the bubble Chris Jericho, man. The gift that keeps on giving. Not the gift of Jericho. The gift that keeps on giving. Uh, he's backstage. He just says a little bit of the bubbly with champagne. And it just blows up on the internet. Gonna talk more about Chris Jericho later. But that's the best thing for this thing. Coming up next, number one spot, ladies and gentlemen. Looking at a few of number one things in wrestling. First, we're going to start off with the literal number one spot of the week. The Canadian Destroyer from Pentagon through the table. At AEW All Out, I don't know if it was Nick Jackson or Matt. I thought, I think it was Nick Jackson that went through that table. That spot was sick, man. I think I immediately tweeted after that, Nick Jackson is dead. And he later tweeted, I'm alive. <laughs> so that was a great spot. Uh, looking at the number one debut of the week, LAX, ladies and gentlemen, they are all elite. They showed up after that match and cleared house, and it was an awesome moment. A uh, hell of a pop from the fans. Uh, probably the biggest pop of the night. Moving on to the number one match of the week and the number one match of Saturday, Walter versus Tyler Bate. I have my viewpoints on Walter that I'm about to get into later that aren't all that positive, but him and Tyler Bray had a phenomenal match. Tyler Bray put on a phenomenal show. Walter did a good job as well, decent job as well, but I thought that they had way too many near falls in that match. That is just my opinion. It kind of took away from the match, but a great match nonetheless. So we're about to hop right on into the topics, ladies and gentlemen. And man, what a week it was. If you want to see my AEW All Out review, you can head over to my Periscope and on my YouTube. It's on there. Just head to linktr.ee slash 2 sweetpod You will see my Periscope and my YouTube. And you can click it in. There is my AEW All Out review. So, moving on. Bailey, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? Like, this was the last thing I was expecting. I hit enough of a normal Monday Night Raw. Uh, we had a, a match breakdown, and there it is. It's Bailey, now it's Sasha Banks, and it's Becky. And Sasha Banks is standing there. Bailey does the face thing. She takes the chair away, and she's just standing there. 
And I'm just sitting here like, no, they're totally not gonna do that. And Bailey does the evil, stupid heel smirk before a heel action. She did that, and I said, oh my goodness, she's gonna do it. And she did it. Leveled Becky Lynch with the chair over and over. And I gotta say that what made it so cool is not only the act of Bailey doing it, not only the fans popping for it, but the fact that they were going off the air. It was a real WCW Nitro feel to it because I think the segment was running just a wee bit too long and you can see the, the sign pop up that they're heading off of the air and it just went off of the air with Bailey leveling Becky. It was so well done. I popped for it. I thought it was awesome. And just the power of wrestling, man. You could be having a regular mundane Monday Night Raw and something like that happens. It's like, oh my goodness. That was great. But here's the deal, man. And speaking of the power of wrestling, like, I was off when I popped for it. And then an hour later, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, wait, Bailey is in a feud with Charlotte Flair. I don't think any of this is going to make sense by the time we get to Bailey versus Charlotte Flair. And none of it did make sense by the time we got there. We had Bailey on SmackDown. I don't know what it is about us wrestling fans and our heel and them having to come up to par and perform up to par once they get back in the ring and get that mic. But they better do it. But nevertheless bailey gets in the ring and they have her playing both sides against the middle she's trying to stay a face she still has the same music she's still slapping the bailey buddies she's acting as if nothing happened and there are some people that are saying well she's being the delusional heel and i just did not get that vibe i just thought that they didn't want to go all in with heel bailey so they're gonna have her play both sides against the middle and i do not like that like, you're not going to get anywhere. It's not going to have the same. Well, I won't say that you won't get anywhere, but it won't have nearly the same impact. If you have Bailey coming up there and saying, well, I'm the same person. You know, nothing's changed. You know, I'm still me. Like, no, have her go all in on the hill act if you're going to have her do it. But Charlotte comes down. Now, the only person in that ring that made sense was Charlotte Flair. She called out Bailey for what she was, and Charlotte got a beat down for it. So Bailey and Sasha Banks stood tall, and next thing I see on social media is, oh man, this is leading to a four horsewomen tag match, and that would make me throw up, man. Like, okay, Bailey and Sasha together, I get because they have always been together. Charlotte and Becky, like, no, we we not gonna tag. We are not gonna have them be a tag team after all that they have been through. After Becky uh, turning on Charlotte at SummerSlam and after that long feud where Charlotte took Becky's place at WrestleMania, like, they are gonna tag up now? Like, just because they have common enemies? Like, no, 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 no. I do not want to see that whatsoever but nevertheless man i'm interested we got the four horsewomen cla uh, clashing at clash of champions no pun intended but that should be very interesting i am very much looking forward to it and i know the rest of the wrestling world is as well so moving on to the next topic look man i hate to be so mean i don't want to be a hot take person i have never been on this podcast but i'm just gonna say it man walter is overrated 
like I, I, I don't see the hype with this guy and I'm about to get into this and I know this goes contradictory to what I said earlier I had Walter versus Tyler Bate as my number one match of the week it was an excellent match but here's the deal Walter in my personal opinion is that he's good in the ring like I think he's a good wrestler I if I hadn't heard the hype look this is just my opinion. If I hadn't heard anything about him, if I had just seen him in the ring, I said, okay, he's a good big guy that can put on a good match, an interesting match. But here's the deal, man. The hype that I heard about Walter, like it does not meet the wrestler. Not at all. The hype I heard is that this was a great big guy, one of the best in the game. And he is not, man. Like, every time I see a match of his, like, I I haven't been following his whole career, obviously. But his NXT UK stuff, I pick in from time to time. And every time I see a match of his, I am not impressed. Like, in my estimation, what does he do great? Like, he, he stiffs people. Like, I'm not impressed with somebody that the greatest thing that they can do is... I stiffed a person in the ring, chopped the hell out of somebody. Like, I'm not really impressed with that. What does he do great besides that? And I mean, great. Like, I can look at a, if I'm making a case for best wrestlers, I can look at an AJ Styles and tell you that guy can put on some of the best technical matches you will ever see. Same for Daniel Bryan, a Samoa Joe. He's one of the most athletic big men in the ring. And the list goes on and on and on. I can say Ricochet. He's the most athletic uh, wrestler in all of the world. I can point out things that people do great if I'm making the case for them to be great as it pertains to their ring work. I cannot make that case for Walter, man. Uh, it's just my opinion. I do not find him impressive at all. I just find him good. And if I hadn't heard the hype, I wouldn't be uh, sitting here with this opinion. It's just that I heard the hype of this guy was great. I hear it was it. And I watch him and I just do not get it. I think the guy is totally overrated. But... He is a menacing person, a menacing force, and he makes for a menacing big man, a good big man, not great in the least. So we're going to move on to the next topic, and I don't know, this may be looked at as a bit of a hot take as well. We're going to talk about Chris Jericho, and he won the title at All Out, and you know, we had various reactions, and... One of the reactions, every time Chris Jericho does something, the reaction that I always see come out is, the GOAT, he's the greatest of all time, he's the greatest of all time, and I'm just sitting there like, man, no he's not, like, look, Chris Jericho, I got all the respect in the world for this dude, uh, don't get me wrong, I think he is a phenomenal wrestler, he has an impressive resume when you talk about resumes not really a, there's not a whole lot of wrestlers that can stack up uh, with his resume so if you're going on resume you can have an argument there but i don't really look at the greatest of all time as you know so much as resume resume is not the top thing for me for me it is who is at the top, man? You look at the guys that was at the top in their eras, and I've never really considered Chris Jericho to be at the top at any point 
and his career at like the best of the best overall. Like when you when you look at guys that have been at the top, I consider like The Rock. He was at the top at one point. A Hogan Austin was at the top at one point. I wouldn't put Chris Jericho in that class. Now, looking at it overall, look, Chris Jericho is a living legend. I will go that far because the guy's done some impressive things in his career. I uh, not only is he a phenomenal wrestler, but he has a great character and he is one of the masters of reinvention. So I can it, I respect that very much about him and about uh, his character and his ring work he's done a phenomenal job but as for being the goat no sir like i do not have him in that class with hogan and with steve austin even though steve austin didn't do it for a very long time i still have him up there because uh, in that short time he was one of the most over characters in the history of wrestling obviously Hogan to me is the greatest of all time and I'm being totally objective here because I'm not a Hogan fan at this moment but it is what it is that guy uh, was great in wrestling great in the 80s and even going into the 90s you can say that guy was the biggest thing in the 90s at one point in time so I have Hogan at the top look I got all the respect in the world for Chris Jericho he is one of the best to ever do it but he is not the goat so moving on we are going to move on to seth rollins and brian Strowman, and I gotta say that this is an interesting feud because the question here for me is what can wwe afford less at clash of champions a seth rollins loss or another Braun Strowman loss which would kill his momentum yet again. And I gotta say we had the contract signing that obviously got broken up by the OC. Uh, AJ Styles was just hilarious to me in all of that. But looking at the point here, I am gonna have to go with Seth Rollins. They cannot afford Seth Rollins to lose the title when he just won it. A couple of months earlier at SummerSlam. Like, obviously, Seth Rollins won the title initially at WrestleMania. Had a horrific title run. Got the title back. At this point, they cannot afford Seth Rollins to lose again. Because, speaking of momentum, it would totally kill his momentum obviously Seth Rollins is somebody that they want to keep in the main event scene so you can't have that guy lose the title in too much you can't give him a two-month title reign as for Braun Strowman obviously it would be another upsetting uh, thing to where the guy would lose his momentum yet again but in my estimation I don't think they take Braun Strowman seriously. Like, at one point, you looked at Braun Strowman and you said, okay, he is the next guy. He is the next big thing, but they wouldn't pull the trigger on the guy. So at this point, I think Braun Strowman is destined to go back to the mid-card no matter what. So while it would hurt Braun's momentum, I think a Seth Rollins loss would be much worse overall. Uh, for WWE and much worse for Seth Rollins as we move on into future feuds. That is just my opinion on the matter. We'll see how it goes with Clash of the Champions. I'm expecting a an awesome 
match between these guys because you got the big guy that can move around. It's the new age big guy. You got Seth Rollins who can have a great match with nearly anybody. So I'm expecting a phenomenal match there. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, man, the king of the ring, man. How awesome has this been? Like, I when they made the king of the ring initially... Uh, the first thing I said was, oh, I was like, oh, man, here we go. We're about to just jump right on into this. We're not there, not even making it a network special. And I was a little bit upset. I'm not going to lie to y'all. But, man, every time I turn around, there's a banger for the King of the Ring. By banger, I mean matches. Phenomenal match after phenomenal match. And I look at what's the best one, and I can't really come down to what's the best one if i had to choose just one i would go with ali and buddy murphy in the first round because that was an awesome match but there have been awesome matches after awesome matches even baron corbin put on a banger on monday night raw with cedric alexander i enjoyed that that was an awesome match and you look at what we have now they are telling an awesome story with chad gable and Everybody's punking Chad Gable and like we're setting Chad Gable up to be the winner. I think that would be phenomenal. Even though I've said from the start that Baron Corbin is going to be your King Corbin and I've been worried about that. At this point, I'm really hoping that they go with Chad Gable. And it, look, that would be a phenomenal story. Obviously, the face overcomes everybody that's been picking on him and all of this. So I, overall, I'm hoping Chad Gable wins. But overall, I have enjoyed myself with this King of the Ring tournament. Look, man, it has been awesome. And I expect it to continue to be awesome. We got a triple threat with some more Joe Ricochet and Baron Corbin. And we got Elias versus Chad Gable in the semifinals. I expect those matches to be great. And I expect the finals to be great as well. So moving on. Man, the Roman Reigns story. Oh, man. It has jumped the shark for me, man. Like, this thing has so much great potential and it started off so bad but they picked it right back up we had the car smash into roman reigns and that's when it picked up and and it just totally had all of my attention and week by week man it just started to slowly digress and digress and digress and here we were last week daniel brown wanted his apology but rowan came down Rowan cleared house, man, and he laid out Roman Reigns, and look, I like Rowan. I thought Rowan did an excellent job, but here's the deal. The story for me, it needed a bigger reveal than Rowan. Like, we needed more time to push this thing out. I thought I wanted this to be a long, extended uh, storyline. I wanted it to be much in the vein of an Alistair Black who beat up Alistair Black on NXT. That went on for months upon months upon months. And they had a huge reveal at the end. And Rowan is just not as big a reveal as I hoped for. But I will say on a positive note, despite the bad segments that we've seen week after week, Rowan did is a believable guy. Uh, he did a great job when he's 
drove Daniel Bryan through that table uh, on the most recent episode of SmackDown. And I'm excited about Rowan at this point. Storyline logic, much like I said about AEW All Out with Cody and Sean Spears. Storyline logic dictates that Roman Reigns should overcome Rowan at Clash of the Champions and win. That's what wrestling uh, logic dictates. But, excuse me. Rowan needs the victory much more than Roman Reigns needs it. So I hope Rowan gets the victory at Clash of the Champions. We'll see how it all goes down. So moving on to Orange Cassidy. Like, here's the deal, man. I didn't know this guy was so much of a social media divider. And, you know, the guy pops up and he does this deal and he does, does a snitch and here's to my surprise the crowd absolutely loves the guy and the crowd is popping for him and either when i see it on social media either you love the guy or either you totally detest or hate the guy and here it is from my standpoint i don't mind it i don't mind it one bit you want to know why because as i just mentioned the crowd loves the guy like when he pops up he popped up at all out in the building erupted like like a road warrior chicago pop for that guy and here's the deal like i said on my review i don't think he's a guy that can compete for a title if he stays in that snitch and they have him competing for a title then that's when i'd have a problem but if his role is just to pop up every now and again, pop the crowd, I do his snitch, then I have no problem with it because obviously the crowd loves him. So I don't have a problem with that guy whatsoever. I'm glad he's getting paid. And obviously the fans love him. And man, I'm just excited uh, to see where it goes next. So moving on, we're going to move on to the WWE draft, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, the drop is reportedly set up for October 11th. And this is just a report, not official from WWE. But set up for October 11th and the 14th on SmackDown in Vegas and on Raw. Excuse me, in Denver. So, according to PW Outsider, ah, talents have been told that there will be stronger boundaries coming up. For this WWE draft, uh, it's likely that the wild card rule will never be in effect. So, I also there will be reportedly NXT uh, talents involved in this draft as well. So, just a quick reaction to that. Thank goodness the wild card rule is looking like it's about to be over. And if they're gonna have another draft, look, they gotta stick by it. Uh, how many times have we heard that the draft we're gonna have uh, two different brands, and all of a sudden they are still all showing up on Raw and SmackDown? So I hope they stick by it. If this report is true, you know, it's just a report, we don't know if it's true or not. But if they do have a draft on the 11th of October and on the 14th, Look, stick by it, man. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't be 50-50 with it. I stick by the draft and have these guys and girls on separate shows. That way, we can have newer guys and girls come up on the scene. Much like we had 
uh, in one of those most recent drafts where it was Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, we had new guys and girls coming up and being placed into the forefront because we were on separate brands and everybody had to pull their weight. So I hope that they stick with it this time. Moving on to the final topic of the day. You know, I saved the best for last and it's not even really a full story. The AEW title was lost, ladies and gentlemen, and that just brought out the awesomeness in all of wrestling fans. All right, we found out that the AEW title was lost. Chris Jericho, he's getting a lot of run in this podcast, but he went into a steakhouse and he lost the title and in his limousine. And like, I didn't even really care about the story. I just wanted to get them jokes off. And as soon as I started to get the jokes off on Twitter, like I couldn't even get into it all the way. I'm scrolling down my timeline. And I'm seeing all of the memes from AEW and uh, wrestling fans. And I guess Chris Jericho had a little bit too much of the bubbly and he forgot the title. And I'm seeing Jinder Mahal memes with him running off with the AEW title. I put up a Fashion Files meme saying that these two guys... Fandango and Breeze are the only ones that can find the AEW titles. And I'm seeing all of these memes. Wrestling Twitter, you are great. One minute we're at each other's throats. But when there's something to laugh about, oh, we all going to get these jokes off. And I appreciate every bit of it. It was the highlight of my Twitter Tuesday. Like jokes after jokes. Even Corey Graves got off a joke as well which i found funny he got that joke off on smackdown about chris jericho he referenced it and it was just a load of fun a load of laughter and jokes it was great so that is it for this edition episode 82 of the two sweet podcast let me know all of your thoughts on twitter uh, whether that's on aew uh, bailey king of the ring whatever let me know on twitter at two sweet pod that's the number two sweet pod and at omg Corey bitten